0: Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day. It's always such a joy to be able to, to be here and to to share. And, you know, we're so thankful for our mothers and for the sacrifice and the commitment that comes with that God-given responsibility. We recognize that being a mother is not just for a limited period of time. A mother is a mother forever. <laughs> And uh, we want to recognize and honor you mothers today. We love and appreciate you very much. And I was waiting on the Lord for the message. And as you know, I always uh, seek to see if there's a woman, a mother in the Bible to share about. And a certain mother did um, was quickened to me. We don't know anything about this mother, her life. We don't know her name. But we do see her wisdom and her godly counsel through the word she gave to her son, who was a king. And this might be a hint. His name is King Lemuel. And we find this mother's wisdom in the last chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs 31. In verse 1, it says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. And, you know, we often think of Proverbs as a book that was written by Solomon, Solomon. And it was most of it. A lot of it was teaching from his mother and his father. We're not sure who King Lemuel was. Some think perhaps he was Solomon. We're not sure about that. We don't like to speculate. But he was a king and he had a wise mother. And here we see the heart of a godly mother counseling her son about the type of woman he should choose to be his queen. It's interesting because it says it's a prophecy a word from the Lord given to Lemuel by his godly mother. And so these are not just words of a mother, but they reveal the heart of God. And it's not just for women, we understand, because we're called to be a part of the bride of Christ. And so these words are for all of us. And I'm not going to go through this. I know you've probably heard many messages on the virtuous woman. There's really just a couple of things I want to look at that I hope will be fresh for you. The first description of her is in Proverbs 31 in verse 10. This mother says, Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? I want us to understand her value, her value in the eyes of God. She's more valuable than rubies. Well, what makes a ruby valuable? It's beautiful. But yet there's a lot of beautiful stones out there. Some are real, some aren't, but there's a lot of beautiful stones. What makes it valuable? It's because it's rare. It's rare. And this virtuous woman is valuable, not because she's beautiful or anything like that, but because she's rare. In fact, she's rarer than even rubies. She's priceless. And why? Why is she rare? You know, it's shown in the book of Proverbs It's because of the work done in her life. It's precious, and it's rare in the eyes of the Lord, more than any other gem or treasure we could find. I want to share with you a little joke. (laughs) Um, When I was a kid, I used to love reading Reader's Digest. And I read this joke when I was a kid, and I've never, ever forgotten it. Okay, so remember it's a joke, but there is a really good truth at the end. So there's a man. He died, and he came to the gates of heaven. And he had a suitcase with him. And when he got to the gate, the angel said to him, I'm sorry, sir. You know, you can't bring the suitcase into heaven. He's like, oh, no, I have permission. I have permission. I was told I can bring this. And the angel's like, well, what's so important in that suitcase that you want to bring in? And so the man with much pride, he leans down and he opens up his suitcase. And it's filled with gold, filled with precious gold. And the angel looked at the gold, and he looked at him with a very curious face, and he said, why would you want to bring pavement to heaven? Now, we have to remember, in heaven, the streets are made of gold. So in, in the eyes of heaven, that is their perspective. Because in heaven, riches are nothing. They are not rare. They are everywhere. The streets are of gold. The gates are of pearls. It says that we will have garments. Some have seen people with garments, with gems. They're going to be like buttons. Okay? What is rare in the sight of God? What is precious? It's what he has done in us. That's what's precious. That's what's valuable to him. In Isaiah chapter 13 and verse 12, the Lord says, I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. That's what God wants to do in our lives. What's prayer rare and precious is his divine work in the hearts of his people. And I want to consider this thought of gold for a moment this thought of gold, because it does speak, gold speaks of divinity. It speaks of a divine work, and it's often linked to faith. And in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 7, it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. A divine nature is not something we're born with. I think we recognize that. It's something that's worked into our lives through fiery trials where our old nature is consumed, through crucifixion where our old nature is put to death, and through circumcision where our old nature is cut away. But the work is precious. It's more precious than gold in the eyes of God. He understands the cost involved, the cost that we give. For that work to be done. He recognizes that. He recognizes that. And so it's in these times as we yield to the Lord, we trust in him that his divine work is accomplished. And when his work is done, Peter tells us it will it will be found unto praise and unto honor. And I want us to remember that. We're going to look at that later because we're going to see that in The Virtuous Woman. And so the proverbs. Proverbs 31, 11 through 30, reveals the testimony of this woman who's a wife, a mother, and she's a woman of God in her community. And so we have um, one of the slides. There's quite a few. There's about 22. And I'm just going to read them. They're in my own uh, words. Um, uh, a couple of these are before, actually, Proverbs 31. But she's gracious. She's a crown to her husband. She's a builder. She's trustworthy. She's good, which means she's incapable of doing evil. She's a hard worker. She's willing to go the distance. She's willing to do what is necessary. She's an early riser, a provider, an investor, a planter. She's strong. She's tasted of God's goodness. She's a seeker, a giver. She's fearless. She's royal. She's wise. She speaks with kindness. She watches over and cares for her household. She's one among many. And she fears the Lord. And we'll see because of these things, she's praised. This is a woman who's lived the life. And that's what's made her rare. She's allowed God to work this divine nature into her life. as she passed through many experiences. And she came out with a testimony that inspired her family and her community. And it still speaks to us today. Sometimes we can have this idea that this woman had an easy life, an idyllic life, but we have to remember a divine nature is produced. It's not given. The work in this woman is not something she was born with. It is something she let God work into her life. And so when we recognize that, we can see this woman has passed through experiences. She's passed through seasons in her life where she's cried out to God. She's trusted in God. She's been courageous, and she's allowed God to meet with her so she could take care of her family, so that she could take care of others, so that she could be a godly wife and a godly mother. We can understand a bit of this work if we consider the word virtuous. And the first thing that normally comes to our mind when we hear the word virtuous is moral purity. And that word does mean moral purity. But it has another meaning as well. The word virtuous in the Hebrew is chayil. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Chayil. And this is what it means, a force. Whether of men or other resources, an army. Virtue, strength. The word chayil is used in, in the interpretation mostly to speak of an army, to speak of strength, to speak of power. And so this thought of the virtuous woman is one of strength. Even as an army, she has fought battles. She has won battles. And we can see glimpses of this in Proverbs 31. She faced seasons. She faced challenges. She worked hard. She faced fears. She overcame weaknesses. She endured difficulties like a good soldier. And she chose to believe in the goodness of the Lord and to rejoice in him. In Proverbs 31:17, it says, She girded her loins with strength. She strengthened her arms. In Proverbs 31, 21, she's not afraid of this snow for her household. I don't want you to have this idea that we don't ever face fear. We do. She did. But she chose not to give in to fear. She chose to trust in the Lord. Strength and honor, Proverbs 31, 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she will rejoice in time to come. You know, in these verses, we see her strength, her courage in the face of fear and her rejoicing spirit. Which is so necessary, and I shared on that a few months ago because it opens our heart to receive what we need from the Lord so we can overcome and His work can be done in our lives. She endured because God strengthened her for her spiritual battles. And this is the thought that I really felt quickened to me, endurance, endurance. A year ago, I had major surgery on my jaw, and it was a difficult recovery. It was a difficult ret- recovery, and I was really struggling because I wanted the Lord to make it faster <laughs> and easier. I, I, My doctor told me it would be uncomfortable, um, but I had no idea <laughs> how difficult it would be. And I was really struggling and asking the Lord about this, and he kept speaking one phrase to me, endure and don't be dismayed. Endure. And, you know, there are times in our lives when there's no easy or quick way out of something. And we have to endure without losing hope. There are times when we just have to endure. And I held on to that. I knew it wasn't going to be a quick or easy road. Um, I'm still recovering, but it's way, way better than it was. But we endure And we hope until God comes, until he moves. And the virtuous woman receives strength to continue and to endure. You know, that's what Paul said to Timothy, endure, like a good soldier. Sometimes it's not a personal trial we have to endure. Sometimes it's another person's trial. They're going through a hard time. And it's hard for us. It can be frustrating for us. It can be difficult for us. But you know, I was thinking about Moses the man of God and a leader, as, as Israel's fighting Amalek. As long as he left his hands up, they were winning. But oh, he would get so tired. But Aaron and her came, and they enjoined themselves to his burden and to his struggle and lifted his hands and strengthened him as the leader until the victory came, until God brought the breakthrough. And You know, sometimes we have to help others, we have to bear their burdens, we have to hold their arms up, we have to be patient and loving and kind until they have the breakthrough in their lives. Endurance isn't just for us, it's for others as well. And there's three scriptures in Song of Solomon that speak of a woman in comparison to an army. We don't have time to look at all three, I just want to look at one. Song of Solomon chapter 6 and verse 10. Who is she that looketh forth as the morning, as the moon clears the sun, terrible as an army with banners? And we know Song of Solomon is about a Shulamite, but she's a picture of the Bride of Christ. And so here we see the Bride of Christ is compared to an army, a terrible or awesome army with banners, which flows with the heavenly armies, which that's the other verse. um, It talks about how they flow with the heavenly armies. In biblical times, when a battle was won, the victorious group would take the banner of of the group that they had just defeated. And so here we see the bride of Christ. She doesn't have just one banner. She has banners. She's had battles. And she's been victorious. And God wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be victorious. And, you know, we will face battles. And I think for many of us, we are in it. (laughs) We are in it. And God is saying, Endure. Endure until I come. Endure until I arise and I bring victory and I bring healing. The virtuous fought her battles with strength and kindness, wisdom and courage. And she was not afraid like so many others. I think of Jacobed. I shared about her quite a few years ago, but she wasn't afraid of the king's commandment. You know, the king said, all of the the male children, they they need to perish. And she wasn't afraid. They held on to Moses because they saw the hand of God upon his life. They recognized the purposes of God, and they feared God more than the fear of man. And God came through and brought tremendous deliverance. Who would have thought God's so wonderful how he moves? I think of Hannah in spite of tremendous adversity from an enemy, Peninnah, in her life and the shame of barrenness. She overcame bitterness. She overcame anger. She overcame being offended. She threw herself into the arms of her heavenly father. And he heard her prayer. And he gave her a son and brought victory into her life over her enemy. I think of Ruth and Naomi, who overcame such loss and sorrow, trust in the Lord, who showed himself strong on their behalf and gave them an eternal inheritance, even in the life of Christ, and a name and a testimony that will never fade away. So many times when we face battles, we want to turn around. We want to hide. We want to quit. The psalmist said, oh, if my, if my, bird, my soul were like a bird, that could just fly away. And I tell you, I felt like that so many times. But we must meet with God and endure until the end, until he comes. Sometimes starting the battle is a little bit easier, but when it goes on and on and on, we can become very weary and we want to give up. But I want you to know today there is a strength, a divine strength that God can give you to endure until the end. And that's why this virtuous woman, she strengthened herself in the Lord. She strengthened her arms. She strengthened her loins so she could continue. You know, in in, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, there's a story of Christian, the main character. He's in the interpreter's house. And he saw a picture of a group waiting to go into the celestial city. But in between them and the celestial city, city, there was a group, and they were called ruffians. Uh, They were Uh, hooligans, uh, thugs, (laughs) they were the enemy. They didn't want them to enter into the city. And the people were afraid. They were afraid to face that enemy. And so they just stood there and waited. And there was a man sitting at a table, and he would write the names down of those who were willing to go and face the enemy. And Christian saw in this picture, he saw a man go up to the clerk at the desk and he said, put my name down. I'm going to go. And so he wrote his name down. He took out his sword and he just ran at it with all he had. He ran in and he was cutting, hacking and pushing his way through. And he got bruised and he got nicked and he got cut, but he made it through. And all the cheers erupted from the celestial city when they saw he had overcome. He had made it through. You know, we will be wounded, we will be bruised, but we will not be forsaken and we will not be destroyed. We must continue like a good soldier. We must not turn back, we must not hide, we must not lay down and cry. (laughs) That's not in my notes. We must go. (laughs) We continue until God brings his glory, until God brings his strength, until he brings his healing. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 10, this is Paul's testimony. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in us. We go through these things that God might manifest his life in us. You know, last fall, before I shared the message on a rejoicing spirit, I was really having a hard time because it had been such a difficult year. And after my mom passed away, I was really just having a hard time. And poor Daniel knows. And I would just cry before the Lord and, and say, Lord, it's just, it's been so bitter. The experiences have been so difficult. And during that time, I was asked to speak a message in Guatemala and I, I told him, I'm like, I can't. I'm in the middle of it. I don't have anything. I have nothing to give. And so I was hoping it would just go away. Like, I didn't respond to their email. <laughs> Sorry, Jorge, if you're listening. Uh, I was hoping it would go away. Maybe they'd forget about it. But they didn't. And they asked again. and I, I'm like, Daniel, I just don't think I can. I don't have it. And he said, Sarah, you must. You must. And... uh so I had to pick myself up like a big girl, by the grace of God, and press into the Lord. And you know, I am so thankful because that's the message that brought me out. That's the message that brought me out. I think about how Pastor Bailey shares after his wife died how he was grieving and he was mourning and until after the funeral, and he said a shaft of light came in his Those grieving garments fell off. I'm sure you've heard this story. And he had joy. You've turned for me my mourning into dancing. And my experience wasn't the same, but it was no less powerful for me. I pressed in by the grace of God, and he gave me a message. In the midst of that, that brought me out and that brought healing to my soul and my spirit. And if I had hid, if I tried to avoid, I wouldn't have been brought out. I would have stayed there. Oh, thank you, Lord, for having mercy on me. You know, we can't avoid people or situations or hide or evade them. But we must face them in God's time. He will give us his grace and his strength, and the healing and victory will come. It doesn't come before. You know, for many years, I struggled with fear. And you have this idea, well, it'll just go away. It doesn't. But God speaks to you. And you say, "Okay, Lord, okay, I'm going to face this. And when you do, he's there. And he meets with you. And he gives you victory. And he gives you healing. You know, sometimes God brings us into unexpected situations and trials, and we feel completely blindsided by them. They're not what we expected. And they can shock us. And they can make us doubt God and his purposes. You know, we're not alone. There are many in Scripture who face the same thing. It's not uncommon for God to do this work in me end. Paul knew he was going to go to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome. I don't think he ever would have imagined it would have been as a prisoner. John the Baptist knew he was to prepare the way for Christ to preach. I don't think he ever would have imagined it would have ended in a prison cell. But God brings things into our lives that we don't expect. Sometimes these things can really offend us. But Peter gives us the key in 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad and also with exceeding joy. You know, we mustn't think it strange. We must not think it strange when things happen. This is how God works in our lives. And he takes us through unexpected ways and trials to bring us to a place so that he can meet with us and that his glory can be revealed. And it's worth it. You know, it's worth it. And that's why we rejoice. Peter said, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. We must have a rejoicing spirit. Otherwise, we won't receive what God wants to receive or do what he wants to do in our lives through those situations. We want that to be our testimony and our trials. You know, our testimony of faith is powerful. It inspires people to press on, and not just in this life, but for eternity. We think about the ones we read in Scripture, their lives still speak to us, and we still have ages to come. Oh, don't we want our lives to inspire others to live the life? And this woman, this virtuous woman, her life speaks to us, and she doesn't proclaim it herself. Her life displays it. In Proverbs 31, verses 28 through 31, and this, we'll close with this. She doesn't proclaim, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31, 28 through 31, says her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also he praiseth her many have d- many daughters have done virtually, virtuously but you excel them all favor is deceitful and beauty is vain but a woman that feareth the lord she shall be praised give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates this word praise means to shine forth as a light it's a testimony it's a testimony that's like a light revealing the glory and the goodness of God of what he has done in her life. Her life, her works, her testimony was a shining light revealing the glory of God. It reminds me of the verse we read earlier in 1 Peter 1:7 that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth though it be tried might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Christ. When we come out of our trials, We want our testimony of faith to be found under praise and honor. I think it's interesting that the word praise is mentioned three times in the life of the virtuous woman, and it speaks of a fullness. She was a hundredfold Christian. She was praised in the family. She was praised by God. She was praised in the streets. What a blessing she was because she lived the life. In verse 29, it says, we see that many have done well, but she excels all of them, all of them. And this Hebrew word for excels it actually comes from two Hebrew words joined together that mean to ascend actively higher and higher, higher and higher. She is a woman who's climbing the heights of God she goes through a valley, she climbs higher. She goes through a valley, she climbs higher. She goes from strength to strength. Every one of them as it says in the psalm appears before God. You know, we want to pass through our valleys and go from strength to strength and from glory and glo- glory to glory to ascend higher and higher. You know, in closing, I know many of you are going through trials, through battles through heaviness and discouragement. Maybe you're in situations you weren't expecting, situations that are taking too long, situations where you have people in your life and it's very difficult. You know, the virtuous woman faced many trials, many obstacles, many battles, but the Lord was with her. He was her strength. He was her fortress. He was the glory and the lifter of her head. She chose to trust him, to believe, to rejoice in him, and I want to encourage you today. We're in a battle, but we will be inspired by her strength and her courage to endure and to overcome. You know, that's the word that I feel. It's a time when we need to endure. Endure, endure, believing God will come. He will arise. He will heal. He will bring the breakthrough. He will cause us to overcome. And during this time, we want to have a spirit that rejoices, We want our testimony to be pleasing to the Lord, to be a shining light and to be an example to others because he will come. He will come. So I'm going to close in prayer um, and just pray for God to give fresh strength to those that are in these times of battle and heaviness. And then we're going to close with a little song that this song actually was written by the Molinas for me before my surgery last year. And we shared it at convention, and it's going to be, it it has been released. We're going to be sending out to the churches. Um, But it was on my heart today because this song has really ministered to me in so many ways that we're wounded, but we keep running. We keep enduring because he will arise with healing in his wings and with resurrection power. And we worship and rejoice and we're not dismayed. Amen. So I'll close in prayer, and then I'll ask Elizabeth to come and share, and then Daniel's going to pray a blessing upon our mothers today. Father, we just come to you. We're so thankful for your mercy and your goodness to us, Father, and you see us. Lord, in our difficulties and our battles and our struggles. Lord, you know what each one is facing in the temptation to want to give up or to hide or to evade. But, oh God, I pray that you would come and minister to your people's strength. Oh, tremendous strength. Strength that comes from your holy hill, oh God. Strength that will cause your people to endure to the end. Lord, that you would bring fresh hope and encouragement that you're with them. That there's an eternal work, an eternal thing being done in their lives. Lord, let their light shine, oh God. Sometimes we don't see what you're doing in the midst of it. Rarely do we see it. Mm -hmm but we will see it. We will see it when you bring us out, Father. Lord, I pray you would strengthen and encourage your people, Lord. And God, that you just minister what each one needs today. Lord, we love you, and we commit ourselves to you, and we honor you, and we glorify you. You are good. You are perfect. You are wonderful. And we love you. We just ask this in your name. Amen.